Hey y'all, welcome to the Kyrie Brand Podcast. We're your host Trina. And B. That's right, you heard it. We, and this is the first official episode of the Kyrie Brand Podcast. This episode is officially the first episode of the Kyrie Brand Podcast. Um, I'm so excited about the feedback that I got from people about the pilot episode, and I hope you guys continue to tune in with me. Today's a really, really, I think it's going to be a really good conversation. Always. Always a good conversation. We're going to get into a little bit about, you know, how God transformed our marriage after so much loss and heartbreak. Um, So... If you want to give yourself a little intro, something like that. Um, I want to first of all start by thanking you for having me. You know, since your first pilot, you know, it really touched me. So I'm honored to be here. I really am. Um, for me, Brian, Brian Owens, King of Five, four. <laughs> What's the I don't know. I kind of lost count after three, four. I don't know. Man, listen, they are blessed. But thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, what you got for me? All right. So, like I said, this is my husband, husband of eight years. Oh, yeah. We just recently celebrated eight years of marriage last month. Um, how does that feel? Like to know that you've been married for eight years. It is different now. The more you mature, you know, the past few years, it's just. Not another day is always a special day, you know, something to celebrate for sure. Um, but it, it definitely hit a little different this year. You know, I'm getting older, a lot older, I feel like. But not just older, I'm maturing, so everything's hit me a little different these days. I'm more emotional when it comes to certain things. And when I, you know, when it hit me, it hit me when... You know, I, every you know when I woke up, like eight years, like damn, I feel like a hundred, honestly, because we've been together longer than eight years. You know, so I cherish it more now, cause I understand you more. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. I'm glad you said that because we're going to talk about our personal transformations and how that all came together to tie into us completely transforming our marriage okay um but i have to say marriage is hard it's but it's only as hard as you know you make it and for me i would say you know eight years it's definitely been a roller coaster um like you said we've been together longer than eight years we've been together for 12 so the entire time it's been a roller coaster but i will say it has definitely been the best ride of my life <laughs> 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 Talk about it. <laughs> ah. nah, it's good ride. All right. So as we get into our transformation, I want to kind of give people a little insight into the beginning of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, when we first started dating, <laughs> I was going through a lot. And I'm pretty sure you were going through a lot in your own right, you know, what you were dealing with personally. But when you met me, I, you know, presented to you the idea of that, you know, I wanted to practice celibacy. Um, and if you wanted to be with me, you had to go through God. So what if you could recall back to that time, what went through your mind? Like what was what were your thoughts and feelings about 
you know, because you, you showed up, like, you showed out, like, you was meeting me at church on Wednesday night, Friday night, Saturday, Bible study, Sunday, everything. Like, you was pulling up all the way from across town, driving, what, 45 minutes? To an hour. <laughs> to meet me for church whenever I was like, come on, I'm going to church, you know. Um, So, what was that like for you? Like, what were your thoughts and feelings, like, through that process? To be honest. I just wanted to be a different person. I wanted to change. I wanted to change for the better. And I, you know, I was willing to give myself to to Christ, whoever, Mm -hmm. just to be, you know, in your presence. Because whenever I was around you, you know, all my anxiety stopped. All my fears was out the window. I felt, you know, you made me feel more inadequate, I guess. And so you made me want to step up my box and do what needed to be done. And... I think I've done that for the past 12 years. Anytime you ask me to change, I don't just change for you, I change for myself, you know? So, cause I know you're not gonna stare me wrong, you know? So your advice has always been top tier to me. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> I appreciate that, babe. Um, so I have you here, you listen to the pilot episode, and you kind of got an idea, you know, I kind of let everybody know that this is a safe space. Like, I want people to be vulnerable. I want you to be yourself um, because tra- the transformation for me that I went through, I really found myself. Okay. And I want to share that with the world so that I can encourage people, you know, who are struggling in the way that I was struggling with just finding yourself and being living in your truth and just being honest with yourself and who you were. Um, you know, so what were your feelings? about the pilot episode when you listen to it. You know, it just took me back to that day, you know, when it, she was near my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it just took me back to that day. Um, I feel like my, my soul left my body. I ain't like, I ain't know, I ain't know how to handle it. But I knew I had to be there, I had to be strong. You know, and I think it hit a little, you know, it hit a little different when they said it was a girl, because I know you wanted to give me a girl, you know, but you gave me everything that I already needed. You know, that's how I look at it now to, you know, get me through. And, you know, she's still here. You know, she pop out and show her a little, <laughs> show her a little ass here and there. <laughs> but, you know, it did bring us closer. It definitely brought us closer. Cause like you said, marriage, you know, you go through your trial and errors and doubts, ups and downs. And you don't know what tomorrow gonna bring. But it seemed like that day, it brought us a little bit closer, a lot more closer. And I think it's not what we needed, but what we kind of needed in a sense, you know. Cause, you know, I was, I felt as though we was losing each other in a sense, you know, communication wise. Um, um, the emotional aspect of it. But the end took me out. Every time I hit the end of it, it took me out. Because I didn't feel, you know, not necessarily hurt, because, you know, I don't speak too much. You know, I weigh my emotions on my sleeve 90% of the time. Um, but the end, when you, you know, you said thank you, and, I, you know, how I was, how I showed up and things of that nature. That's my everyday motive. But it just hit different when I heard it, you know. And it took me out. 
you know, I tried to let my partner at work here. I ain't, you know, and I ain't expected to hit me again. I'm in a car and listen to it. I had to look out the window. <laughs> he over there making jokes all the time. I'm over there crying and shit. <laughs> but, you know, um, mm, that's a tough one right there. But, you know, I'm happy where I am today. Each day get better. Yeah, and I want to touch on something you said about, like, how it hit different, like, to hear it. Um, And that's why, again, it's so important for us to, like, have these conversations because as black people, we internalize so much. We keep that to ourselves, and we don't realize the injustice that we're doing to ourselves, you know? And so we hurting. Yeah, you know, because we have to take care of us in order to show up for the people in our lives. And you really, really showed up for me in that moment because I wanted to give up so many times. But something that I don't think was talked about enough between me and you, because I heard, you know, from your mom and my mom, you know, what you were going through while I was in the other room. And so that I just want to know, like, during all of this, what was the toughest part of you? the toughest part for you? Pause. Pause, what? Like, the entire, yeah, everything. I think that time we got to the hospital, definitely the time we got to the hospital. I thought I was going to lose you like two times. (laughs) I remember sitting in a, you, I was sitting beside you all the lights was off. I was trying to let you get some sleep. The doctors came in. I guess you were still bleeding. Blood all, you know, everywhere. After the first time, I told them about the blood situation. Um, like I said, we were sitting in the dock. You know, I'm half, I'm half asleep because I got one eye open one. I'm trying to get some sleep. Mind you, uh, hospitals are very uncomfortable for us. <laughs> But, um, yeah, the lights was out. The doctors came in and I you out of the room. Ain't nobody tell me. <laughs> Ain't nobody tell me that they just snatched you out of the room. I said, we taking your wife to surgery. And so I'm like, I'm with my outfit at. <laughs> with my scrubs. So you can't come in the room. So I'm standing in the dark room. All you see is the light from the hallway. And a car just fly past, which is yours. I'm stuck with no answers. But then as I walk towards the door, like, fuck that, I'm going with y'all. A lady stopped me. She said, I'm going to make sure your wife good. I'm going to return her to you. I said, make sure you do. <laughs> You choking me up a little bit because I didn't know. I really didn't know all of that. Like I said, like we didn't really talk too much because I felt like you, your, your motive and like the direction you was going in was I just need to be strong for her, you know. And I just as as much as like everyone you know is catering to me and what I was going through because you know as they should, you know, it was just. Who was taking care of you in that time where I couldn't even take care of myself? Like, I was completely broken. God. I ain't had nobody there. Um, as 
first thing I did, called your mother. And I called my mother. They calmed me down. They, they calmed me down. <laughs> they calmed me down a little bit. That, that day harmed me too. It don't harm me. It just made me look at you different. Love you more. This fucking shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get down. It's like, no. Appreciate you having me. You're gonna bother me. <laughs> All right, babe, um, you're getting a little emotional for us. I love it. You know, black men cry. Black men do cry. Um, we leak oil. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means, or whatever that's supposed to look like. It's a little slippery, I think. Um, it's definitely messy. But, you know, just showing that more vulnerable side, um, I think for me that is what influenced my love for you after losing her, like, it made it that much more stronger. Like, wow, like, this man, like, you know, because we would have, like, our little conversations behind the scenes, you know, I would tap in with you, like, babe, where your head at? You know, how you feel? You know, you went through this too or whatever. Um, I try to do that with you and the kids um, as often as I could. And I think that's where, like I talked about in the pilot episode where my season of isolation came in because I felt like I too needed to be strong for you. I needed to be strong for the kids too. And because I was just trying to be so strong for you guys, I didn't really see all that you guys were doing for me, too. You know, even though there were moments where I did, it was also moments where I felt really alone because it's like I'm in a house of all boys, men, you know. A lot of testosterone. And it's like, I was like, uh, they don't really get it. You know, they don't get, they don't really understand what this was for me, what I was going through. And we get it. We just wouldn't know how to handle it or how to go about the situation because we are boys and men. You know, we not we can't think from a woman's aspect. We can just see that the woman that we care about is hurt and we just want to, you know, help you and mend you or fix whatever pain is in you. But we can't, you know, and that sucks that we can't do something because that's a man's a, a, a boy growing into a man's nature to make sure what the first thing their mother is straight their mother is okay I don't want to see my own kid what kind of relationship I have with my mother I can't see my mother hurt and we in a, in, in a sense you know put that in our women me from I'm speaking from a man's point of view like I can't I can't have you hurting wanting for nothing needing anything Anytime I'm coming home, babe, you need anything? And that's not just saying material stuff, you know, just, babe, what do you need when I come home? What do you need when I, while, while I'm on the way home, you know what I mean? Just to try to put your mind at ease, because we know that's the number one thing that goes crazy the most is your mind. We know you always thinking, always trying to do, always want to go, always want to do this and do that and do that. And like, your mind don't stop running, and then you get mad at the world when you honestly need to be mad at yourself for putting yourself in that, you know, category. Not necessarily saying it's a bad category because you got to keep your mind and keep your mind moving to stay motivated nowadays. So you just got to find a balance in it. But we, we are here for you. And you know what? I'm, I'm, I received that because that was a part of my transformation, like getting out of my own way. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I criticize myself a lot. I judge myself a lot. And so I don't need anybody else to do that for me because I do it pretty 
you know, good. But it's, like you said, just having to realize, like, I don't have to be anybody other than who I choose to be. And so as black women, we carry this, I'm the strong black woman. And even this morning, like I was telling you with the kids, like, I'm like, everybody need mommy to save them, but who saves superwoman? And sometimes I guess I just, I know, I know for me, this losing Kyrie, what transformed me the most was I didn't want to be a victim anymore. I was tired of people acting like I was this fragile thing. And even though I am, Mm. you know, it was just like, I'm stronger than that. And everything that I go through, it makes me even more resilient. It makes me stronger. It makes me more loving. It makes me, because I know I've been there. I've been the rock bottom. I've been down. I've been alone. I've been in the dark. So I can't, once I had to find the light within myself so that I could begin to radiate that onto everybody that I encountered because I didn't want to be this dark cloud for everybody anymore. I didn't even want to be that for myself. I didn't want to be that person anymore. And so for you, how has losing Kyrie transformed you? It definitely grew me up. It grew me up. Um, and the, on the emotional aspect of me, where that I, I have to be more vulnerable, I have to be more vocal, I have to be, I have to communicate where I'm at. Because if I don't communicate, you know, I get lost. And I, you know, a lost person will make mistakes, do dumb things that, you know, jeopardize their future. And I don't, I didn't want to do that no more, you know. Um, and they let me know life is short. Um, yeah. To mine, promise to nobody. You could be the healthiest person on earth. You know, just a pint of blood less, you could be gone. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so I just tread lightly now. I just try to move with more poise, more, more to do it this. Um, you know, just want, I want better for myself. It made me want better for myself. Because, you know, again, <laughs> I got a lot on my shoulders, but it's not nothing I can't handle. It's just what's on my shoulders can't be dropped. So I got to keep going. But y'all put me in a position to keep going, and I realize my strengths. And my strength is my family, which is, you know, you guys, because you give me the momentum, the energy to keep going, you know. Um, and you, you're there, because it takes a team. It, t- it definitely takes a village to, to make any type of progress nowadays or try to move forward in life, because... Whatever you're trying to do for yourself takes time, energy, patience, money, you know. And when you have a family, you want all of that for your family, you know what I mean? So sometimes it becomes hard balancing the two, and you really make that easy for me. Yeah. You do. You know, and I thank you for that, and I do appreciate you. I really do. You know, and I try to show you that. That's the little <laughs> you you definitely doing a good job, babe. Better. I'm doing better. You, you definitely are. Doing I've better. definitely seen a lot of growth from you these past few years. Um I saw something the other day <clears throat> well I actually reposted it on my on my story where it was another couple that has a podcast and you know, he was saying 
I want to be the type of man that my wife can brag about. For sure. And I just felt that so deep in my soul because I'm like, I remember being that wife that was ashamed to talk about you, that was ashamed to, you know, even post the happy times because it was like every time we'd be up, it was like the enemy came knocking. Like the enemy was like, nope. Like, and, you know, I, I, those days used to haunt me, but now I appreciate them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because without them, this wouldn't be no real story. It wouldn't be no real journey. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, to make me respect you more, definitely look at you in another light, like I told you earlier. Um, I'm like, damn, she might be the strongest woman I know outside my mother. <laughs> or she might, yeah, because you're definitely stronger than her because I didn't see my mother go through what we went through, what we go through. Mm-hmm. So, there's no comparison, yeah. you know what I mean? But that was the strongest woman I know. Right. And so, after that, you know, damn, I was, it's no fucking up. There's no error. There's no room for error. I mean, it's going to be error, yeah. but and we, I, I think we at a point where though we could figure it out in a respectful manner, and we're going to always hear each other out, right or wrong, because at the end of the day, that's what I signed up for. And I try to change how I speak to you, because I know my love is really tough. You know, I give y'all a hard time, but y'all need that. Like y'all, y'all, I'm we raising boys to be men, and you're also learning how to give our boys a different narrative on what a man's supposed to look like or what a man should be. Mm-hmm. And something that I have been intentional doing is letting you know that your mistakes don't define you. What makes you the man that I am happy to brag about now is that you grow and you continue to evolve. And you continue to do the work. And it's like people will hold you to your past and what you've done in the past. And they don't give enough credit for the work that people do in between trying to find who they are, find their truth and who they want to be. And you're doing an amazing job of showing our boys that, you know, you may have seen me one way, but there's always room to grow. Like you never have to be stuck. I think we all get lost in the idea of, you know, being a good parent. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you got to step out of what it looks like and actually do the work. And I think that right there helped me a lot, too. Like, after losing her, I put more into actually not being a father, just being a dad, father. Mm-hmm. You know, something that you can look up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And loss definitely has a way of transforming people and finding their truth and who they're called to be but i'm gonna change this up a little bit on you because last night we sat down together and we watched the conversation between jeezy and nia long Mm, and yes that was really really good um and like he mentioned a few times like black people need to have these conversations um no matter how uncomfortable it may be but something that um i'm looking at on social media because i actually saw these comments before i actually went and watched the full episode and that's another thing that we as we need to stop doing like we take little bits and pieces and clips from videos Mm -hmm. and we you know make yeah make an opinion off of that and we don't even go and watch the entire you know episode and you're still entitled to your opinion you can have your opinions of things but your opinion doesn't mean doesn't make it a fact doesn't make it truth you know um but so what i saw in the comments was pretty much i was saying one side where 
people were saying, oh, he chased her. He did all, you know, he did ran the extra miles, always the men that chase you and then end up leaving you a single parent. And then there's the other side that's praising him for, you know, being leaving a situation where he wasn't happy and he wasn't, you know, getting what he needed and, you know, labeling him a bad guy for leaving. And then you had the people who, you know, the people who are praising him for leaving. Like, you know, he did the right thing. He didn't cheat. He left where he wasn't happy. But then you have the people who are, like, still making him a bad guy for leaving because they're like, well, you didn't try hard enough. But then when you really go and watch the conversation, mm-hmm. he clearly said we went to marriage counseling, you know you only can go so far with the person. And once you realize that I'm doing the work and this person isn't doing the work either, yeah. I got to walk away. So That's like, it. how you feel about, you know, the episode, like what he was saying about that when it comes to marriage and knowing when to walk away? Me personally, I think he's in a good space, you know, a good head space for sure. You know, like he did the work. Like you said, you got to do the work. You know, he's, he's opening up about his truths, his, his flaws and all, you know what I mean? But, I didn't see no lying in him, you know, I didn't pick up no bad energy where as though he wasn't, you know, being truthful on how he felt about the situation. So I think he's in a good place and he went about it the right way. Um, only you know when to walk away, only you know when enough is enough or what you can take. And nowadays in, in society, you know, it's make people, they're making it easier for people to walk away. Mm. You know, with the conversation that's being had, like mm-hmm. you know, they making it easy for people to throw away a five to ten year marriage or a ten year relationship. You could be me and you could be boyfriend and girlfriend for ten years, but everybody in the house like, why y'all ain't married? Why y'all ain't married? Is that y'all business? It's mm-hmm. not. You know what I mean? What works for us is what Rod works. Way, you know yeah. what Rod <laughs> say. So you know, you just gotta find what works for you. And clearly, it didn't work. It wasn't worth mm-hmm. you know fighting. It yeah. wasn't worth fighting for, even though it was early. You know, better better now than later. Fuck, honestly. Because you don't want to wait 10, 20, 20 years. years yeah. I should have left. <laughs> 10, you know 20 saying? years ago. You, know you don't want to do that. I wouldn't recommend it. Like, when we first got married, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Mm. I, knew I, want, I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. Some type of way, you just going to stay with me. Not, <laughs> not, 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 not in a creepy way. And you know what, I, I like how you say that because I actually have been saying that to the kids a lot lately. I'm like, because you know, their goals and you know, their dreams and stuff. And I'm like, you never change the goal. Like, you just change the plan. So if plan A don't work out, try something different. Try plan B. And if plan B don't work out, try plan C, but never change the goal. So for you to say the end goal was to spend the rest of my life with you and be with you, like I don't have any other end goal. It and that's again like hearing you say that because that's the first time I've heard you say it like that. Like I, you say a lot like, oh, I know that I wanted to be with you when I first saw. You. I knew I was gonna marry you. I know you're the only person for me. And you hear that, but then you see people do things that don't align with what they're telling you. Um, and for me, I think I just really got to a place where I was really ready to walk away. I was just like, and but it wasn't. I wasn't basing it off of you. I was basing it off of what was best for me. Mm-hmm. And when I really sat down in that, it got to the point, like, in therapy, like, my therapist kept bringing up, like, you guys need to go to marriage counseling. You guys need to do this. And then she would say things like, I don't see two people who don't want to be together. I just see two people are ha- who are having unhealthy communication, and you're not talking to each other about your needs and your feelings and things like that. Um, and it just got so, I just remember being so irritated, like, girl, like, this is my session with you. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about the marriage at all. Like, it's going to be what it's going to be. I just really wanted to work on me. Um, but from my perspective, the more I worked on myself, 
I saw I started seeing you working on yourself. So I just want to know, like, where was your head at, you know, while you was watching me kind of like pull away and just kind of focus on myself? In my eyes, um, to answer that one, it wasn't where it used to be. <laughs> when I say that, you know, as I've grown, I realize the mistakes that I've made and why I made them. You know, watching other pilots and pride podcasters, you know, it helps me out a lot. You know, it, it, it it's kind of like a therapy for men, for male me. I'm just speak for me. Um, and reading and going to church, it's been a lot of eye-opening events. So with now, I don't feel lonely when you separate to find yourself or do your self-work. I don't feel alone. I don't feel pushed to the side. And usually I will feel pushed to the side or like, I'm alright, well, you find yourself, I find myself. But who the fuck am I? You know what I mean? And I had to find myself. I had to find my triggers. I had to find what made me weak. What I had to find what defined me as a man. What is the, the definition of a man? The definition of a husband? Never seen him. You know, so... Everything's a learning curve. Everything's a lifelong lesson with me. So, as I've learned, every time you did try to do your self-work, I would almost sabotage it. Mm. Not personally, but end up doing it because I'm lost or being selfish or rebellious or not even knowing how to be there for you while doing that. I didn't know how to do that. So, now I do my own self-work as you're doing your work. So now we meet in the, at the table or have a seat, a seat down. A sit down. <laughs> It's a little better. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's so important. Like, we hear... I heard someone say the other day, they was like, um, self-care is just a sexy word that people use to pretend like they're really doing the work. Mm-hmm. And... And it's trending, so everybody's saying they're doing it. Yeah, and a it's just like... Ain't doing but it. when you really sit down and do the work, you can see how uncute and ugly and hard real. and messy it is. Shit get real. But then when you come out of all of that, it's like, man, this is this this is what's sexy. Like this is what's And you know what's what's our favorite thing to see when we traveling? Let's see what let's see if you can, <laughs> let's see if we on the same page. I need some cute cars up this motherfucker. When we out traveling, we sitting down eating or whatever case may be. Ah. What is it that what is it that that we both love saying? Older couples. Older couples. Older couples. <laughs> that um everywhere we go it's like if we see an older couple and the most recent happened we was coming back from New Orleans oh, yeah, yeah. and we were sitting there with an older couple and I remember just kept looking at them like they are so cute but they were they look genuinely happy you know I'm gonna ask them, I'm gonna ask I'm, I don't care yes you are the, the conversation starter excuse me um, how, <laughs> how old do y'all look for? how old am I <laughs> yeah and we just and honestly we get this same response every time. And I actually did that when, when I was out in Vegas uh, at the bachelorette party, whatever. Um, and it was an older couple out there. And I remember stopping all the other girls because we were tore up from, because that's when we went to the drag brunch. And they were like going off, walking down the casino, whatever. And I remember seeing an older couple and I stopped them and I said, what's your secret? Because that's my conversation started when I see older couples. 
And it was the same response that we get every time. Communication. 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 Patience. Man, like, because once you figure out who you are, once you do the work to figure out who you are. It becomes easy. It becomes so easy to tell people who I am and what I require. Yeah, for sure. And then when you're dealing with somebody who's also in that place, it's easier for them to receive what you're saying. Yeah. And that was the toughest battle for me, you know, um, not doing the norm, not doing what I'm used to doing, whether it's any, it could be anything, you know, knowing certain things that I used to do or would do to cope with shit doesn't work or doesn't really have an effect on anything, makes matters worse. You know, it's just it's it's easy. I'm I'm a mind over matter type person. If I want to stop something, I could tell my mind to stop, and if my mind don't want to stop, I'm gonna tell myself to stop. Cause I'm I'm not weak minded. You know, I just like you say, do what the fuck I want to do. And what I had to learn doing what I was doing wasn't working. Mm-hmm. It don't work for me. It don't work for the people around me. So what purpose does it serve? It didn't serve me no purpose. So I just. I had to detoxify myself. I had to get. I had to take a detox, man. Yeah, a get detox from life, man. Demons. I remember when I used to sage the house and, oh, who, who, who lit sage? Oh my god! And then I, I would get on social media and I would see somebody post a meme that said, when, when people react negatively to sage, it's because they the demons. And but then I, again, you transform somewhere in between, and you now were I'm just like, now you around here lighting the sage, so. Okay, so back to um, the conversation with Nia Long and Jeezy. Uh, so when we were watching it last night, and this is how our chemistry, like, I just know what you're going to say, you know what I'm going to say, and even if we don't, we just end up saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. But we were watching it, and he was speaking on how he had, you know, went to go talk to his mom, and, you know, pretty much that was his way of, like, forgiving his mom or whatever. And as I'm listening to him say this, I'm like, ah, oh, like, Take me back to the time when you wrote that letter for your dad. It's like a crying episode. It's <laughs> just like fucking me up. Um, shit. You know, I was thinking about that too. I was going to go back and reread it or rewrite it. I definitely want to rewrite it though. Absolutely. You're a different person. For sure. I think it was the little boy in me. You know, one the dad, one the father. But the letter made me be a better father. That's why I kept it to reread it, to remind myself who I need to be and who I'm going to be for my kids or my boys or my kids. But it just—it was a bunch of things that I wanted to say to him, or I needed to say to him. Never got a chance. Things like that, and I just wanted to get it out. But mentally, I don't even know where I was at. Mm. I don't even know why I did it. Mm. Cause I don't. I don't think I have 
too many memories to go off of. So, he talked a lot about, because based off his album, um, forgiveness. Yeah. And how, you know, when he went to go talk to his mom, you know, it was what forgiveness was and what he realized it was for him. And so you say that when you wrote the letter, you don't even know where you were mentally, but you want to, you know, rewrite it. Yeah. And do you think that the man you are today is going to have different words from who the man was? For sure. For sure. For sure. And like I said, I haven't read that letter in over a year. You know, so I I got to go back and reread it. Because I'm definitely about to rewrite it. Because I'm not where I was. And I'm not who I used to be. So, at this point, I could talk with my chest out. And not from a, a, that little boy. Or that, that 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 little boy who wanted a father. That's where that letter was at. Mm-hmm. I think this letter be more, you know, what fatherhood is like. Mm-hmm. Let him know. Maybe, you know. Maybe he ain't know how to do it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. Can't hold him accountable for that. Cause it's it's very commendable when, especially in the black community, um, you know, with so many men growing up without dads, and you know, you have a lot of guys who struggle with trying to be a dad because they're still living from in an adult space in a man's body with that little boy mentality like sure. I didn't have that I didn't see that but it's very commendable when again when you do the work to find who you are because you aren't defined by who your dad was you're defined by who you are as a man sure. and once you tap into that then you can live in your truth and be what you didn't have and that's for what your I'm own doing. children that's why I said I gotta rewrite it because I'm definitely living in that now whereas though you know anywhere we go you look like your father. Mm-hmm. You know, oh my God, it's dang mm-hmm. twin. But I'm not, you know. Yeah. I might got the same mannerism in a lot of his ways, but I can't tell you that I'm like my father. How does that make you feel? Sometimes I used to, I used to feel lost. Like, with, you know, again, I ain't had no males to look up to coming up other than my grandfather and my uncle. You know how that go. Um, so that's all I had to go off of. I couldn't, I mean, I saw my father, you know, outside doing what he was doing, or, you know, the light that my father was, and I'm not going to, you know, put what he was doing out there like that. But he wasn't doing daddy shit, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't doing father shit. So I didn't have that upbringing. So now everything is, you know, I'm learning about day. Yeah. And it's fun because my kids are hilarious. Our, our babies are hilarious. Um, so, like I said, y'all give me the motivation to keep being better or do doing better or putting in some work. No, I don't mind put. I don't mind doing the work for y'all. Whatever that is. Okay, so a part of having these conversations again, we understand is things can get uncomfortable and we can have those tough uncomfortable conversations because that's where the crucial information comes in so with that i want to ask you this may be tough but be honest um do you forgive your father 
am I forgiving him for? For what he didn't know or understand. Yeah, for sure, I forgive him. Like I said, I love my father, the times that I had with him. It was fun, learning experiences. But it wasn't nothing to grow off of. Nothing to honestly brag about. But it did help me. And what I mean by forgiveness, when I ask you that, um, is you know how unintentionally we can harbor ill feelings towards people who've done us wrong, who hurt us. Mm -hmm. But forgiveness is being able to say, I may never get the conversation I need for closure. I may never get the apology for not showing up, but I forgive you anyway. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I ask you, do you forgive your Yeah, dad? I forgive him because I told you, it told me, you know, I forgive him because you did end up teaching me in the long run. You know, you told me how to do the opposite or do what's right when it comes to my kids, you know, because, again, kids don't ask to be on this earth. I didn't ask to be here, you know what I mean? I don't want my kids to feel how I felt growing up. So, I just, you know, given what I didn't have in it, you know what I'm saying, that situation better me, you know, not growing up with a dad in my life full time. I can't sit, go a day without seeing my kids. When we on vacation, what I tell you, I oh miss, my miss my fucking kids. He drives me crazy. <laughs> Don't bring my kids up when I'm on vacation. <laughs> that's what I base my life around, bro. Like, I didn't, before y'all, it was me. My sister, my mother, or whatever I wanted to do, whenever I wanted to do it. Y'all, you guys are the reflection of me. Y'all, you guys are, what y'all see now, it's them. They they did that. My family did that. Y'all did that. Yeah. I was having this conversation with them the other day about, like, you know, as they get older, it's like they don't want to hang out with us. They don't want to do certain things with they us. They do, but they just goofy. They, just, they think they cool. And I was just telling them, like, you know, we grew up with y'all. Like, we all grown up together. And that's what yeah. I think makes our bond between all of us so strong. Because it's like we literally, like, went through everything together. Like, we all grew up together. Yeah, for sure. You can't tell us nothing about our family dynamic because we really did all this work and together. And people see that. And that's why, honestly, now, I, I'm all, we you know, we always ask questions. Why they looking up to us? We fucked up. <laughs> we we going to do all this shit. But... When you on the outside looking in, we just solid, you know, we solid as shit, regardless yeah. of what what boat crash, whatever, you know what I'm saying, whatever the ups and downs. We hold each other accountable. Fuck yeah, we're gonna hold each other accountable, <laughs> but we're gonna hold watch each other Every back. We're gonna keep each other, you know what I'm saying, protected. We're gonna protect mm -hmm. each other, right or wrong. Yeah. I don't give I don't care. I used to think, you know, when coming up, could you ever forgive your wife for doing this or doing Yeah, fuck, I could forgive her for anything. Because at the end of the day, you're not just my wife. You you became my best friend. You became that person that I don't mind crying to or crying over or crying in front of. You know, I'm not a, I ain't about to cry in front of a bunch of people. You a crybaby. I'm really <laughs> fucked up. I, no, it's because I'm getting older, man. The older you get, the your brain freezes, turning to fucking, you being cardiac arrest. <laughs> <laughs> nah, saying headaches is crazy. Your emotions is all over the place, you know. And I'm here, and I'm I'm not, you know. I never thought about being old or getting older, you know what I'm saying. But shit, I'm here, and it, you know, it feels good. You know, I don't, I don't have no regrets. I'm not living with no regrets no more. So that's a good feeling, you know. My anxiety levels is down. Um, life is is good. In a sense, you know, it's doing what it's do. It's doing what it's supposed to do. I guess life 
It's supposed to be life, ain't it? Oh, it's going to lie. It's going to do what it do, and it's yeah, life. For sure. But thank you so much, Bay, for coming on here. Nah, and thanks for having me. Opening up, being vulnerable, um, trying to hold back them man tears. That motherfucker's hurt, boy, because like my, my inside's <laughs> coming out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Woo, get them, get them bad spirits about you. Nah, they definitely we exercising. Them. We over here exercising. But again, thank you guys for tuning in to episode one of the Kyrie Brand Podcast. Again, we're your host, Trina. And B. See y'all next time.